We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this part two of Hand Raised Guys. As the uh, part one, you can find it in the stream. You can find that in all the places you listen to podcasts. That was our conversation from Thursday night with Ryan Brown of the next round live we talked a lot of football with him so start there check out that but there's more show to go there's the calls we had calls last night i know some of you guys love the calls some of you don't well if you don't you don't have to click right here you had part one you had the other part of the show but if you want the calls we tell you talk a good bit of football we talk about some uh tv rights expansion we talk about some minutiae of the old miss defense this coming season and hit a few other things we've got things on the tv we just start kind of rambling a little bit we take your call so here's part two of the Oxford Exxon podcast of Hand Raised Guys coming to you on the MPW Digital Network. So that, right now. All right, so that's the number, 652-259-8563. I, I think it works. The Cubbies beating the Reds 4 to nothing in the fifth inning. Drew Smiley's been really good for the last month, and if I'm the Cubs, I think I'm, I think I'm finding a way to hang on to him. I hate these pinstripe batting helmets. Yeah, that's a throwback. I'll, I'll, it's awful. I love this Cub uniform right here. This one, yeah. they 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 could incorporate this because the Cubs road uniform is just. Eh. I know you're not a baseball guy, Grom, but I will say I was, I was talking to Mike the other day, and he was raving about Joseph Gonzalez, the ace for Auburn next year, completely healthy, getting better. Apparently, he Mike believes he's one of the top two or three pitchers in the league next year. He pitched for him on the Team USA team. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Where would we rank the back-to-back-to-back home runs among moments in Ole Miss sports history? I mean, it has a argu- an argument for number one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I. it all depends on what you place importance on. And I, I, it's impossible for anybody to answer for somebody else. But from it being a national championship game, it being something that hadn't happened in 24 years in the College World Series – to putting that game away, to the fact that there was 26,000 in the stands and 20,000 were Ole Miss fans and what what it sounded like as much as anything else. Yeah, it's, it's got an argument for number one. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, that's fair. 
Yeah, I like. The, I, I love this Cub uniform. You could throw this in ten times a year, and I'd be all in. You're good with it. Yeah, I love the hat as a as an alternate hat. The colors are taking me. It, I, I I feel like I'm watching the Indians. Is my only lo- sorry Guardians <laughs> is my only little bit of issue that I have I'm right offended. here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I yeah. you know what I mean. Sure, but. I mean, I'm cool with it. I like it well enough. I mean, hell, I like Vanderbilt's red and blue uniforms. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just saying you could throw this out as a as a ten game uniform, and I'd be all in. Yeah, sure. That batting helmet is awful. Yeah. Because it's not the same color either. Like it. Yeah. The it, the, the, the no, top no. is white, and the and the helmet's cream. It doesn't work. At all. Are you concerned it's not working? I mean, a little bit. But I'm going to try it right now because I'm I'm curious as hell. I think everybody's just kind of hanging out. Yeah, frankly. I think people are just chilling. I mean, if no one believed it would work, I'd buy it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm with them. <laughs> it works, so I'm good. That was loud. How about that? It does work, so... After last Thursday night, it ought to damn work because I, I stayed up and I tried everything. And it still didn't work. I went to bed and I got up on Friday and I don't know exactly what I did, but I fixed it. You tinkered until it finally. I did. And I, I'm i so much better. Um, I'm so much better. Uh, what's the word? Technologically. But honestly, I see, you're right for a result. What you are, though, is more calm and intuitive. That you're willing to play with it. That's probably true. Five years ago, you wouldn't be willing to play That's with it. It's just the damn thing is broken, and we're going to go throw it outside Epic. and beat the hell out of it with a baseball. Bat. Yeah, no, I, I took a, I just kind of took some breaks, yeah. and I would come back in and go, okay, let's think about this. Let's think about this. Figure out how this is supposed to work. And yeah, let's, and then let's, and let's... then I, I had a breakthrough, and I sent you a message, and you didn't respond because I, I guess you weren't there, and so I I. Called Tyler. Oh, that's I said, right. Yeah. I said, call this number. And he goes, what number is that? I said, it's, it's me. Call it. And I, so I set up a, I put it on record only on Ecamm. And he called and I'm like, oh, that worked. And then I got Jay Tate to call. He was driving back to Auburn from Huntsville and he called and it worked. Eureka. And, and then I got Laura, my wife, to call and it worked. And everybody said, like, what number is this you're calling me? Like, Just call me. Trust me. <laughs> and they called and it worked. And I'm like, okay, son of a gun. Fair. How much were tickets for this? How do you get tickets for this? So supposedly tickets are out of sight. Like this is like because well, it doesn't hold, but right. whatever. This I is mean. an incredibly difficult ticket. Really? Yeah. People pay. It's it's the average ticket price is like fourteen times more the typical ticket at Wrigley or oh uh, really? Yeah. Eric says being there for all back to back to back Florida Tebow stop and Bama fourteen. Thinks the home runs were number one. I wasn't in Omaha. I was at Florida, and I was at Bama 14. Bama 14 was bigger than what happened at Florida. This is a home game, and you're in it. And it was super hyped up. Yeah. I mean, Florida was an upset. Yeah. Florida was an upset, and that ended up being a really good team, but that day it just felt like – They lost to Carolina the next week. Yeah, and they lost to Vanderbilt the week before. Yeah. Ugh. The 14 game – felt special like that that had a feel to it like oh you'd arrived yeah and then i wasn't in omaha so it's hard for me to say what what that felt like it's just so hard to compare football and baseball yeah it's 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 just 
Because, you know, it's what's weird is everybody does back-to-back-to-back, even though they the next day was the more dramatic thing. I mean, Ole Miss was winning 4-2 to two when the back-to-back-to-back happened. It just went to 8-2 to two off the home runs. Yeah. The next day, when they actually are putting it away to win the national title, but it happened so fast that it's almost like people didn't really register that they were three outs away. It had almost like this well, nervous dull to it a little bit. Well, because the, the, the kid from Oklahoma was really good for a long time. Yeah. And then – to the point where you thought, oh, there is going to be a third game. Yeah. Like, he was dealing. I'm hopeful that he can continue to do that for about 15 <laughs> years. But No, dude, his – I mean, I, I know you didn't love him at that pick, and I understand it was probably a little high, but I went through Creighton's analytics for the College World, college world Series. His track man stuff is out of sight on spins, and, I mean, it, it's it's real. Well, and the Cubs are real into that. The Cubs have, and to their credit, they have developed a lot of bullpen arms using some of the pitching stuff that they do. And they love this kid. They loved, uh, what's the kid that was committed to Ole Miss that was coming? Jackson Ferris. Yes. They loved Ferris, too, um, for the same reason. They loved his spin rates and stuff. They think he can get to the major leagues quickly. We'll see. They the Cubs drafted seventeen pitchers with their twenty picks. Did they really seventeen pitchers? 17. So they obviously feel confident about their ability to um, identify and then develop pitching. That's crazy. I didn't realize that. And they've done a great job, like with Justin Steele from Loosedale, uh, Keegan Thompson from Auburn. Uh, I don't know if you've watched. I know you probably haven't watched a lot of Major League Baseball, but those two guys both have developed into legitimate major league starting pitchers like the Cubs can plan around them to some degree or to a lot of degrees. Really? Yeah, they're both really good. I mean, Keegan Thompson got overlooked at Auburn because he was on the same staff with Casey Mize, but he was good. And um, Justin Steele's been terrific. So, and a lot of that is the Cubs developing some pitchers. Now, they, they're going to have to go spend some money and get some bats, but yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, like I went right here and found it. I mean, you're talking about on Horton in the sixth inning, so he was at 70 pitches, whatever he was at at that point. In the sixth inning, 90-mile-an-hour slider at 28-10 on a spin rate with that's loud, with 14 inches of break. Yeah, that's that's elite. Yeah. Hey, who do we have? What's up, guys? It's Bob and Red. Hey, Bob, and what's up? Nothing much. Uh, just did the dishes and made dinner, and I'm in the process of starting to get drunk. Y'all caught me on vodka drink number one. Is that a good? Is it? Gonna, is that helping us versus versus? Had you been on vodka drink number four? Are we getting the more? Well, if I, all right to put it in perspective, if I was on vodka drink number four, I was just going to come out the gates blazing and be like, "Why didn't we get Arch Manning?" Damn it! Okay, but <laughs> let's not do that tonight. Yeah. Please, I mean, that's going to happen at some point during hand raised guys seasons. I'm just going to go on my arch rant, but no, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. No, but how y'all doing? Oh, we're good. Just we're not we're not in mid season form. We're getting getting, getting I'm, broken in I'm, a little I'm bit. I'm thrilled that the phone well, line is working. You, you just have no idea. Happened. I was at a friend's house and I kept going outside to try to call. And y'all got a new number for this thing, right? We yes, did. we did have to get a new number. That was one of the one of the steps to trying to make this work again. I don't I don't 
I don't know what happened the night that Ole Miss won the national championship, but everything went to hell. It had worked for years well, and it, that day. And it had worked for – I did those post-game shows. I did the first one um, – I did the first one when Ole Miss, I guess, won the regional. And then I did one after both Southern Miss games. I did one after the – Win over Auburn, the win over Arkansas, the loss to Arkansas, the win over Arkansas, and the first win over Oklahoma, and then it decided to stop working. Damn. Yeah, well, yeah I damn. Think I was da- damn's the mild. tried to call that Sunday night when they won it, but I, did, I don't think I ever got through. I think the line was just – it said the line was busy. So yeah. Maybe it wasn't working. I don't know. It was – It was. It, I, I don't know exactly either, but damn is it the – It was a big old cluster. Yeah, damn is the mild version of what I had to say that night. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I got you. I'm excited, though. High school football starts. I'm literally watching football on a TV screen, and it feels right. This offseason with uh, what Ole Miss did in baseball kind of made it go by a little bit faster because you were just so into the postseason run that I really didn't think about, man, we still have like two, three more months until football. But, I mean – I think they won a natty, what, like a month ago? June 26th. A month ago? Yeah, it, it made for a weird summer because I looked up and it was like July the 4th, and I was like, I, I, I'm, I'm going to take some time off, and I took some time off, and I come back and the camp starts in a week. And so, yeah, it, it, the summer went really quick. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. I feel like y'all went from basically – had y'all started the hot board yet or – uh yeah there were there were three or four content items in the admin at the end of the regular season there's still one in there by the way that we've got to got to do something with i'm just (laughs) i need to save it though because i might use that later yeah Yeah, i need need you to go in and save it because i almost hit it the other day (laughs) did you really yeah by accident um Yeah, we had three or four co- – Chase did. I didn't have anything. He had three or four content items in there that was going to run on that Monday. There was a season obituary, a Mike obituary, a hot board, and then kind of a personal thing about covering Mike all in the admin that, that day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know who had the more weird summer, you guys or Keith? Both. Keith went from, I feel like – having to about to make a very difficult decision to being like, holy shit, please just win the whole thing. So I never had his to was at least again. decided though, when they went in Hattiesburg, yeah. his at least, I mean, cause he's not firing a coach in Omaha. He went from having to execute a very difficult yeah. decision to giving a coach basically a lifetime contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now he, now he's probably going to watch the basketball season and be like, all right, we did it in baseball. Let's do this in basketball so I don't have to make another hard-ass decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're recruiting good. Uh, I don't know. They're, 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 they're recruiting okay. They're recruiting well. Look, they – there's there's already people that are trying to change this narrative a little bit to, well, you know, they're recruiting well, and so let's give them more time. I, I, I do think – I do think there's more to it. on year five. Yeah, I, th- I think they've got to either be a tournament team or super close to a tournament team that looks like a tournament team. Like, young players are really going to have to play really well. It's going to have to be the young players or it's going to have to be the transfers they brought in. And quite frankly, the transfers were really lackluster. They just weren't. 
Well, we haven't like, seen I mean, we haven't seen Josh Mbala yet, and so you know he didn't play in the Bahamas, and and I do think he's probably their best transfer. And then, look, a lot of this is going to depend on whether Deshaun Ruffin can be who he is. I wrote this on the message board, and I, I feel like I'm being negative, and I'm not trying to be, but Deshaun's a five foot ten point guard whose game is built completely around being explosive, and when he's explosive, he's he's really tough to handle. But if you take away much of that explosiveness, suddenly you have a five foot ten point guard who's a, a liability on defense and is one dimensional on offense, and that's not winning SEC games. I don't know. I don't know like how much SEC basketball you've watched in the off season. I've watched I watched Kentucky some tonight. I've watched Alabama I watched some. A little bit of Auburn. Yeah, I've watched Alabama on a stream. I've watched some Arkansas on a stream. The top half of the league is going to be really good, and and Arkansas is going to be a freaking bear. They 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 have they have three or four dudes that are so athletic that like I, I again like if if you don't have an explosive Deshaun Ruffin guarding Nick Smith Jr., then you've got to get him off the floor. Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's just because I honestly think. Ruffin 100% healthy and Morrell on the same court, like that opens up a lot of what they can do. Now, look, that's just two guys compared to a whole roster where, you know, you got to get guys to contribute. But at least those two 100% healthy, I yeah. feel like. Gives you a shot. They're fun to watch. They were There were a couple games where, I mean, Ruffin was just fun to watch, period, last year when he was healthy and then. Morrell had a couple of big games. I think they beat State that one game, and I think he went off. And he had like had 31 or something. A really good game. I'm curious, yeah, Bob. Like, Bob he, he was – Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was curious at your message board post earlier today because I had forgot that Dink Jackson even existed. And you're saying he potentially is a guy who would have been a very integral part of this team. I absolutely think he would have. I've – I mean, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, because, I mean, it was what, like, when they signed that kid, like, almost two years ago? Yeah, I think when it was, he commit? Yeah, I think it was two years ago. I remember putting on his tape, though, and watching him play, and I was like, that kid's either going to be the tweener that they like to have, that I think they're going to have Tennyson and Aishim Young be, or they're going to bulk that kid up and turn him into a just hard-hitting linebacker. And then, I like, I was – he was probably the kid I was most excited about just because I hadn't seen an Ole Miss player hit that hard on their high school highlight tape since Denzel Kandichi. I don't know if y'all ever watched Denzel's highlight film in high school, but literally every play was just hitting the hit stick on a remote. Like, could fly, hit gaps, all that stuff. I honestly think he would be a very big part of a defense if, I mean, I don't know. Chase, you remember what he did? He, like, it was it, it was broke it might, into like three separate cars. Yeah, I mean it was some semblance of of auto theft of some extent. Yeah. I mean yeah, I went back but, and looked, I, mean, I could find his I have his like docket thing, but I don't know where it is off the top of my head. But yes. Do y'all disagree with that though? Do y'all think they would they weren't recruiting him as a linebacker cuz I thought they were. Yeah, I mean, I do think you're right, is that he was like that guy that could move up or down or do whatever, which is making – see, I think – that's what I said earlier. It's a problem because if they had two real linebackers, they wouldn't be doing that. 
However, at the same time, no, they're no. more than comfortable to move a guy up or to play situationally with a guy who can really go sideline to sideline and execute speed that they also can tackle a little bit. Like you said, like Tennyson. I mean, Tennyson is a linebacker, no matter what you want to do with him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's just, And honestly, that's kind of segueing into football and what I think this team's kind of biggest question mark, obviously quarterback. I mean, they got to figure out who the quarterback is. But, look, I feel – I'm very hopeful that once they settle in and make a decision, hopefully it's not a quarterback battle into like week eight. God, if that's the case, then things, I feel like things may have went haywire, but it's getting the, the starting quarterback settled in. And then it's defensively, what can they do at linebacker? Because I mean, Otis keys looks like a friggin' animal, but I mean, he, he, he didn't really play meaningful snaps before he got hurt last year, you know. And Troy Brown, I mean, looks like a tackling machine, but that's an adjustment going from what conference was he in to the SEC. Like, that's just – I feel like there's a lot of question marks there. I feel like defensively, though, against teams that can't really run the ball well, I think they're going to do great. Like, I think I think they're going to do very well against teams like Mississippi State where they just have a bunch of dudes that are hybrid safeties and can cover at linebacker. Um, but, you know, when you start playing Kentucky and Auburn and LSU and Arkansas and A&M, like, I mean, those teams are going to be able to run the football. So if you can't stop the run, you know. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's – I mean, am I, do y'all think there's anything else that's a bigger concern than linebacker right now defensively? I just no, – I think it's a big question, Mark. No, I, I mean, I still would like – I'd like to see a little bit more just – evidence before I go crazy about defensive line they've got a bunch of bodies there and they've got a handful of guys that I think can be impactful but I'd like to see them do it together a few times before I just go crazy yeah like, I, I, like, I, I don't want to I, I don't want to name names good at receiver and I think they're going to be good at receiver receiver yeah. and I think they have more depth than they did last year at receiver they have more people that receiver, like I think, I, I think they're going to be fine at receiver because I think I think Malik Keith is going to be a dude. Um, I think Mingo's got to be a dude. I, I think Jonathan's got a real chance to be a dude, and then after that, I like Jalen Robinson. Yeah, Robinson. I think Knox can give him something. Um, the question is, do you get anything out of Braylon Brown? I think, I, and then what exactly is Jordan Watkins? I like him well enough, but what is he? Yeah, and then you know, like. Look, I cheer for Dennis. I like Dennis. People do the Dennis thing, but I've got to see it before I, before I go down that road and go. Oh yeah, Dennis is going to give them a lot. Like I think there's a decent chance. I give you. I give you a name that I think has a chance to be impactful for them. Um, is JJ Henry? He's done some yeah, things in JJ practice. Henry was the one. I think if they have young guys step up, it's going to be Brown or Henry. Honestly, I think. Well, I saw they. I saw a note they moved. What was the walk-on? Uh, Ray Finson. They moved him to safety. He was from the prep school in Mississippi, and he was doing really well in camp last year, and then he got hurt. I saw they moved him to safety. Yeah, Ray Finson. Like, well, maybe they, there's some depth there that they didn't have last year at receiver. You know, this is not um, a knock on Rafe. I can't remember the name. His name is Rafe Vinson, and this is not a knock on Rafe, um, but this is why you've got to be super careful with spring football. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um but, all right, Chase, 
we haven't talked about this in a while. Uh, mm-hmm. I yesterday I took Saints eight and a half win total over. I think they're going to win eleven to twelve games. Whoa! Because I've been keeping up with training camp, and Whoa. it does in fact look like they can't guard Mike anymore. Like he's back. Like can't guard Mike is back. Um. We've got to be able to throw the ball down the really, field. Really. I'm so tired of possession. I, I, I get Michael Thomas is not a possession receiver, but they got to get down the field a little bit. They've got to get out of what they had to do for Drew because he couldn't throw it down the field and actually get down the field. Yeah. I'm yeah. not I'm, I'm not down on them. I just – I think I think the only path for them – and I guess I'm saying I don't think they're a great regular season team – I think they can be dangerous in the playoffs because of their defense and the, for the ability for Jameis to get hot for a game. But I don't know that I think they're about to go be the two seed in the NFC. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I feel like all the smart money's on, what, L.A. and Tampa because, of course, they have Brady coming back, and uh, that was about it. I just – I think – I don't think uh, I think everyone saw Sean Payton left, and they're just kind of thinking they don't they're not going to have a residual effect from having all these great players. Because I mean, I think we're going to have a top five defense, and I completely forgot that we signed Jarvis Landry until last week. That was just kind of like a sneaky news thing that I forgot. I was like, "Holy shit, Jarvis Landry's in the receivers' room too." So, yeah. I mean, they got guys Jameis can throw to, but. They're going to have to stretch the field more than they did last year. Because even though I think they were, what, like 5-2 and two before Jameis got hurt? Yeah. Like, you could just tell that offense was limited, even though they were winning. Um, they're a playoff team. I, I do think they're a playoff team. I do, too. And I think, I, I, I mean, yeah. I'm thinking about it more and more. All you're doing is needing a winning record. I think 8.5, the over is the play. It, But it feels yeah. like it feels like 10. 10 and 7. Yeah, I've got the Saints at ten and seven. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, but all right, guys, appreciate y'all taking the call. Thanks. All right, thank y'all. Look at that—a call that worked. Yeah, how about that? I almost accidentally doxed him. I almost said his real name. I didn't mean to. I caught myself at the last second. Um. Yes. Nothing I've seen what we had on TV, too. Oh, I'm yeah. just kind of glancing Kind of nothing. Yeah. It's some SEC show that they're doing. I don't know. They've Hendon. Hut water spirits. Hendon hookers on there now. Are you a seltzer guy? Not really. No? Too sweet? No. Just, just doesn't do a lot for me, and I'd prefer. Even, to, like, at the pool? I'd prefer to drink a beer. I didn't know because there were fewer calories that that no, would be a. I really like beer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like... <laughs> So many of my weight issues would disappear if I didn't like beer. But I really like beer. He said that with such, like, adoration in his voice. I, I do. I really, I really like, like beer. Like, like, people are like, do you like IPAs? I'm like, yeah. Pilsners? Yep. Parallels? Sure. Yeah, I do. Stouts? Unfortunately, I really... Oh, a really good stout now? You only need a little bit because it's heavy yeah, as hell. But But I really like beer. And people are like, oh, yeah, it's just in the summer. I'm like, yeah, in the winter. And that in the that fall. chocolate stout somebody sent us that time it's, was it's really good. <laughs> you need to kill that a little bit. That's yeah, I got to figure that out. But 
One 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 technological step at a time. Hey, who do we have? Hey, it's Steve in Greenville. Hey, Steve, what's up? Hey, I got a quick story for you. I was my cousin lives in Omaha, and I was convinced we're not going to Omaha this year. And so I go up there for my vacation. My dad calls me, says, "Old Miss made the postseason." I looked at or looked at the phone. I said, "You're kidding." He goes, "Nope." I said, "They're going to Omaha." Unfortunately, I had to go home and missed it. <laughs> oh wow, that sucks. But uh, I got a conspiracy theory for you since y'all been talking about Kennedy lately. Okay. This is one my uh, doctor told me. He said that there are a lot of doctors to this day that do not believe Magic Johnson got AIDS from sleeping with women. And so the story goes that back in the 80s, you couldn't synthetically make human growth hormones. You had to take them from dead bodies. Well, who was dying in the 80s of, you know, AIDS? You know, in mass quantities, young right. gay males. Right. And they said that's how Magic Johnson got AIDS. Because right after he announced, came out publicly, supposedly there was a guy that worked at the uh, morgue in Los Angeles that was arrested for selling body parts and stuff. To get the HGH. Yep. Oh wow! I've literally never heard this before. So you, 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 you I'm you, intrigued. <laughs> so here's what's always intrigued me about Magic Johnson. You actually have a thought on this? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, because when Magic Johnson was diagnosed, when that press conference was held, it felt like a funeral. Like it was just, it was not a matter of if, but when. The HIV became AIDS and this big, strong, bigger-than-life athlete withered in front of us and died. That's what we all thought. Everyone thought that. And I, and I understand that he took the, the best cocktails and all that stuff. But he's never even looked a little sick. No? And I've always just kind of... there's. There's always been a part of me that wondered, I mean, we're going down the conspiracy rabbit whole thing here. Uh, there's been a part of me that's kind of wondered, did he really have it? Really? Yeah. Well, I have run this theory by several doctors I know, and I've yet to have anybody tell me it wasn't possible. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's really... I just thought... He was he was very promiscuous, and I think everyone knows that he he um, you know he and his wife Cookie took a long time for them to get married in large part because of his inability or unwillingness to commit in large part because he enjoyed um, spreading his the lady, he, the lack of monogamy he yeah he en he enjoyed getting around and there was you know I mean a lot there but. There's no evidence at all from anyone who has known him, and I've read so much about this. And this isn't a judgment. I'm just being – there's no evidence at all that he ever dabbled in homosexuality. 
I mean, the closest thing that people point to is like he and Isaiah Thomas before games gave that little kiss on the cheek thing. And that, I'm sorry, you can't leap. You're going to need more than that. The leap from that to he's a, he participated in homosexuality is, that's, that's a colossal leap. That, that, that just, no, sorry, that, that, you, that's not a starting spot. So it, you know, the, 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 the one thing people said, well, you know, he could have been with, he could have been with people who were with whatever, and and maybe that's it. But there's there's no there's no evidence at all that that he participated in that. Well, I I just thought you find the rumor or the conspiracy theory, whatever you want to call it, interesting. Oh, I'm all I'm, and, uh, yeah. That's that's a new one. I've not heard that. Um, it. That's it's it's absolutely fascinating. Who knows? I mean, I, he he was well, he, he was uber competitive. He was always looking for an edge. He had just lost. He had just lost to uh, Michael Jordan and the Bulls. The Lakers dynasty was kind of felt like it was teetering at, at, at on the brink of extinction. Their team was getting older. If you told me that. He was looking for a, a competitive edge and tried something. Sure, I'd buy it. Well, I know I, I have a uh, relative that's a retired FBI agent, and he told me one time, he said that they, they launched an investigation into athletes using sports-enhancing drugs. And he said there is not an athlete in any of the three major sports, as far as he's concerned, that isn't using today. He said they have chemists that make blockers. Where he says you can't do it and not you can't play the way they play and not use it. So with that, you know, it, it you know, whatever. But well with major league baseball players, so much of it so much of the whole um performance enhancing drugs is not necessarily to enhance their performance it is to expedite their recovery day right. in day in and day out and you know the side effect is you get bigger faster stronger right yeah but you know he in his personal opinion he didn't he, he thought it was rampant in sports and he said what's the downside you don't have to give the money back sure no i mean i, I mean I've, I've always said this i I understand the, the, the temptation for an athlete to – you have a window of opportunity to make as much money as you can. I get it. I get how that temptation is overwhelming and you take something and it suddenly works and you take more and you get the contract and then, yeah, I, I understand. I, I totally see it. And then, I mean, you watch, well, it, right. you watch an NFL game in person – Especially if you can ever get down close to the field and you watch an NFL game and you listen to the collisions. I, I mean, I don't know how you could get through an NFL season without taking stuff. Well, you go back. I mean, you can go back to when Billy Cannon played. The uh, the trainer the LSU hired used to train the uh, U.S. Olympic uh, weightlifting team. And I mean, I know this is the fifties, but you know, he gave it out. Yeah. Supposedly. So but all right guys, I enjoyed the show. Just thought I'd call in and run that by you. Appreciate Thanks. it, buddy. Thanks for the call. Thanks. Appreciate it. Right, bye.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you up on the whole D.B. Cooper thing? Well, I wasn't until I started reading the threads on the board. And as I told Cub in the stream, like, it's not a 10-minute conversation. I want to actually deep dive into this bitch a little bit. Like, yeah, there's a lot I want to there. set up a time with you for you to call on the stream and let's go through this. Whenever you're available, let's do a pod on it. We will – because here's the deal. We'll, throw on, we'll, we'll, we'll put some D.B. Cooper in the search stuff, and suddenly we got a whole different – Different a whole group different group trying to listen to this, this yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's that. It needs to be in the subject line. So yeah, if you're interested in that, seriously, let's 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 set it up. Let's let's talk some DB Cooper. Because there's a lot there. Oh, it, I mean a lot. That, I, that's not. A I t- wasted time I didn't have. I just kind of kept going. Yeah, it I, was fascinating. I've gone down that trail a couple of times, and I've seen some book recommendations that I'm like, okay, I'd like to read that. But I've, I'm intimidated by it because I need, I need to learn a lot. Hey, who do we have? Yo, it's Gron. What's up, Gron? How are you? Doing pretty good. How about you guys, man? Oh, uh, doing doing well. Long time, <laughs> long time no talk. I know, man. I know, I know. But hey, like I said last year, man, hand raised guys need and football season right around the corner with the first show. It does take football, frankly. Yeah, it does. Uh, it, it takes. It, it just doesn't. It's not that it doesn't work in March and April and stuff, but it's just not the same. We need it, it's a it needs football season. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree one hundred percent, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, man. 
Man, and, and look, I don't mean to like, you know, boo-boo and Ryan Brown and nothing like that. Great. I know he's y'all's friend. I'm pretty sure he's like a great guy to have some shots with, you know, whoop whoop, all that great stuff. But bro, I mean, come on, man. When it comes like when it comes to Auburn, like, you know, he's like like I just don't think that he's in the know really. Now when it comes to Alabama, man, he can he can spit out, you know, whatever, whatever. When it comes to Auburn, man, I just think that, you know, he's, ah, yeah, yeah, you know, ah, I think they're going to suck, ah, yeah, yeah. And, so, you know, he's not family. a member of the Auburn family, Grind. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, like, look, okay, look, I know myself that yesterday, Robbie, okay, look, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this. Uh-huh. Can we all agree that this, that this is a crucial year for Harson? Uh, yeah, to every degree, yes. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. So, with, with that being said, he cannot waste any practice. Agree? Um, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. I, I, yeah, I think like, that... like, like he, he just can't go into a practice saying, hey, you know what, we're just going to try something today, see what this guy looks like at this position. No, you can't play that game you know, with what you got on the line. No, but he's still got so three Robbie... and a half weeks, though. I mean, you're not, you're, not, you're not launching into game plan three and a half weeks out. You still have some experiment time, even if, you're, even if your job's on the line. As far, I mean, I get what you're saying as far as experiment time, but I, I mean, if Robert Ashford was taking first team, you know, snaps yesterday with a with a scrimmage coming up, I think that's that's telling. I don't think you know he's just trying to see what Ashford looks like, because well, from what I've heard, Zach Calzada has looked horrible against air, not even not even against you know people against air. Well, I've heard he's the same thing. Like, I've heard the exact he's same thing. Rollout passes and all and all that. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that Calzada has not looked good. I've heard that um, Ashford has probably been the best looking quarterback early. Yep, yep, I agree. I yeah, I mean, man, I'm, I don't know, I don't know what Auburn, bro. I'm just gonna see. I don't know. Like I told, like I told my folks, like I told my folks, I ain't stepping a foot into that damn stadium until after the Penn State game. That's gonna let me know what I know. Because I think honestly, I think Penn State losing to Purdue, and I think Penn State is really like a six and six, seven and five football team. Penn State's week two. Home, that's gonna let me know everything. Is Penn State week two? Week three. Week three. So Auburn opens with what's their schedule? What's the how's it open? I know it's like somebody week then it's San Jose State, which is you know like a you know they they have solid little group of five team, but if they scare you like Georgia State, then I already know it's it's hands up. Because because you know that's like I say that's gonna be you know telling in itself, and then you got Penn State at home. You got Missouri at home, LSU at home, and if Auburn so like this, this is my prediction. Auburn is losing to Ole Miss no matter what this year. I said it here first. Y'all heard it here, first. and I'm not. I'm not even like trying to placate. Y'all know how I come. Sure. If I think Auburn gonna win a game, I let y'all know. Like you know what I mean. I think either way, Auburn loses to Ole Miss because. Just the way the schedule sets up. That Georgia game, let's say somehow by, by God's grace, Auburn Jesus comes alive, you know, it, it rises out the dead, and, and Auburn is undefeated going to Georgia. They beat Penn State, they beat LSU, beat Missouri, you know, whatnot. It's going to be a lot. They, Auburn is going to put a lot, a lot into that game. And if they beat Georgia at Ole Miss, it's a classic, Is you know, it's an ultimate letdown game. And if they lose, you know, go, go there and get blown out like Georgia, like I think. They gonna hop in, you know, limp into Oxford, and you know they gonna be prime for the taking. 
I, I just think that game is a lose-lose for Auburn the way it sets up on the schedule, in my opinion. I, I think it's as close to a must-win on the Ole Miss schedule as there is. I mean, if if for Ole Miss is going to have the nine-win season or ten-win season that people That's are talking about, Auburn has to be one of them. It just does. I'm gonna be honest. I don't see that. I see like seven and five, eight and four for Ole Miss. I've got eight and four, and and I, I wrote this already, and it made some people mad. If you told me I was off a game, I'd go seven and five before I'd go nine and three. I just I, I I've got a yeah. They've got five gimmies and then two probablys, but that includes Auburn, which who the hell knows, right? And then after that, it starts getting a little more complicated. Yeah, I mean the the tail end of their schedule is just brutal. And I'm gonna say this: like the foot, I think like the football gods helped Ole Miss schedule because before Jameer Gibbs transferred, like I think Ole Miss was gonna beat Georgia Tech anyway, you know, either way, and I think they was gonna lose to Alabama either way. Sure. But with Jameer Gibbs, a player of his caliber, going to Alabama. It made the Georgia Tech game more of a win and the Alabama game you know, more of a loss. If you see, if you see what I'm saying, like yeah, I think sure. Jameer Gibbs sure. was playing for Georgia Tech. Yeah, Ole Miss is going to win, but hey, you know you got a guy that you got to make sure you contain. You know the linebackers got to be on key. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, there's no so, doubt. I mean, yeah, for sure. I, I agree with that completely. I mean the the whole. I don't know who's beating Alabama. I don't. I don't know that anybody can in the nope. in, in the SEC this year. No. I just. I don't. I don't think there's. I don't know that anybody can beat them. If you told me that one team beat what? them, I'd say it's Ohio State, and that's it. When was the last time a team had the best offensive and best defensive player in the country on the same team? Um, I mean, maybe Auburn with Cam Newton and Nick Fairley in twenty ten. I mean, maybe. Maybe. I. I mean, that's that's a you know that's a that's a you know. I'm not like nobody for that LSU team. I'm thinking from that 29 defense really stands out to me. No, they I mean, yeah. they didn't have a dominant defensive player. They were they were good there. They were just so damn good on offense that it didn't matter. True, true. Now, man, this is what I want to get really talk to y'all about, man. This conference expansion stuff. Because like y'all, y'all it's like y'all, you know, y'all will say something, and I'm like, yep, yep, and then y'all start saying something else, and I'm like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't agree. I don't agree. I don't, I don't think this, this whole conference expansion thing is as linear as a thinking process as, as like the media is trying to make it out to be. Okay. Because am I like okay? So so y'all, why do y'all think that the Big Twelve? right now is in a better position or is a better league than the ACC when if both teams' grant of rights were to come up tomorrow, more ACC teams would be wanted than Big 12 teams? Um, well, I mean, that's it, though. The ACC, listen, this is one of those deals where i got to just be kind of careful how I do this. There are multiple ACC teams that are exploring how they can get out. And um, aggressively behind the scenes. And those schools, it would take a a conspiracy a little bit for them to pull it off, but it's doable. If enough of them got together and said, hey, if we all execute an out clause here, there is no penalty because the league ceases to exist. Now, there's a gamble there because they have to know that they have a home to go to. But the truth is most of them do, and they could pull it off. 
And so that league that league teeters all the time because I said this on, I guess it was this morning or maybe it was I, I don't know. This is my fifth podcast today. Um, if if you're Florida State, and I think they're a great example. Okay, if you're Florida State, okay. if you're Florida State, and the Big Ten happens to let you know that they're interested, you have to find a way to do it, whatever it takes. Because that's that is a lifetime parachute that you don't have in the ACC. Because the one thing that the ACC has going against it is they might keep a TV contract, but their 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 rights package is not going to be anything resembling what the SEC schools, what the Big Ten schools are going to get, and it's going to be difficult to compete in that environment. If you're if you're Miami and someone offers you an a parachute you have to take it if you're clemson and someone offers you a parachute and trust me clemson's looking for one if someone offers you a parachute you have to take it that's where that league is just not very strong the schools that are left in the big 12 they don't have anywhere to go and so they're going to form and they're going to they're going to congregate and the only thing that the big 12 schools are going to do is add they don't have to worry about anybody plucking them anymore because they're They've, their league's already been plucked. Okay, okay, well, look. If I'm ESPN, I've been the dominant player owner of college football since you know when. Everything has run through me. We do playoff selection shows and all that. We we own these conferences and everything. It doesn't, first off, if, okay, let's say two months two months ago, robbers come into, into the studio after you guys do like a Tuesday pod, Tie you guys up, you know, knock y'all out, and then you guys wake up. They got guns to y'all, you know, guns to y'all head, and they say, "Hey, see, you know, we know what you guys do for a living." So you telling me that in that, that scenario, guys. neither Gus nor Rizzo came in here to help? That's that's my problem with Labrador Retrievers. <laughs> man, man, no, no, <laughs> Gus, they gave them some dog, you know, uh, you no know, T-bone steaks, and they was like, "Man, well, that's a good point. If, they, if that's involved, they're done. Spin for yourself." <laughs> yeah, they gave they gave them two T-bone steaks. They was like, ooh, no, man, this you know, this different. And so and so that's what happened, man. Okay. And it's a gun to y'all head. It's a gun to y'all head, and they say, hey, we're going to ask y'all a question. You have to get it right. If you don't, you die right now. We're going to, you know, you get one try. And you both, both of you guys have to say the answer at the same time. And they say, the Big Ten is going to add two Pac-12 teams. And they say, one of those teams is USC. Then, they, you know, they do the little click back, you know, load the trigger. And they say, okay, you have to tell us the other team that the Big Ten is going to add. Who are you saying? Um, I mean, it's easy to say this now because I know I'm right, but I would have said UCLA. Really? I would have been very nervous about Oregon or Washington, but I would have said UCLA. I, I would have, I, I... Really? Yeah, because I, I would have looked at them the way that I looked at Texas and Oklahoma, that they were always going to go together. Well, I just saw it more as the Big Ten has really grabbed these big brands. Like, it's yeah. just this. Th- th- there's something about what they've done, too. From just, n- forget football. University. They, they, they care about university. Yeah, UCLA is a big brand from a university standpoint. It's a brand that sort of fits with Michigan, with Wisconsin, yeah. with Ohio State. You know UCLA averaged uh, 44,000. I'm not talking about football. I'm talking about university. It's a prestigious university. 
I would have actually been terrified if I missed. Okay. I missed because of Washington. Okay. They're super big into the, I mean, like like look a degree from University of Michigan is is prestigious. In a lot of circles. So you're talking about academics. Yeah, I'm just talking about the whole thing. There's just an air to it. Like a degree from UCLA is 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 more prestigious than a degree from the University of Oregon. Okay, well, this is what I'm getting at. I don't think that ESPN is going to sit back and let. Okay, so right now, because I think you was getting at something when you, you know months ago when you were saying, hey, the SEC, you know, ESPN, they want USC, they going for USC. I think I believe that now after seeing what's happened because. The ESPN really doesn't have any moves while the Big Ten, the board is still open for them theoretically. And this is what I mean. If you're ESPN, you have, as of right now, you have the ACC locked up to 2036. The Pac-12 has just broken up, which I thought, which, which is what I thought was interesting. The Pac-12 broke, you know, has broken up you know, with their grant of rights. And Fox has decided, at first, you know, the Pac-12 had a split deal with Fox and, Pac- and the Pac-12. Fox has decided to pull out, of, you know, from any Pac-12 negotiations. ESPN offered them $25 million during the window where ESPN was the only negotiator. They could offer them, you know, a deal that was probably, you know, too good to turn down, and the Pac-12 would take it. But the Pac-12 said $25 million per school a year wasn't good enough, so, you know, they, they're on the open market as of right now, but ESPN is still interested in the Pac-12. The Big 12 is coming up in a few years, as we know. And as of right now, they're split with Fox in the Pac-12. And the goal from what I'm hearing is that Fox is looking to make the Big 12 solely theirs, just like they've done with the Big 10. The Big 10 and the ESPN, as we, you know, as we know, basically what the Big 10 did from what I heard was offer ESPN a worst-tier package, what they offered NBC and uh, CBS for you know, $380 million. And so now, if you're ESPN, as of right now, theoretically, what you're looking at, if the Big 12 does decide to go fully with Fox, you're only looking at the SEC and ACC as your properties in this whole college football thing. And, you know, you're trying to do the Pac-12, which, but we all agree that the Pac-12 is not going to be worth much. But if you're ESPN, you have to, you have, to have some type of ownership within this landscape. Yeah, if if, and so, if you're the if you're ESPN, you in that scenario, you you could probably get what's left of the Pac-12 for a bargain discount and do some late night stuff and things like that. I mean, you, it, look, they're going to spend so but why much. Would you get, but why would you break up the ACC to allow Fox to acquire those teams? And ba- and basically, now you're left with the SEC. And what I think, I think honestly, behind the scenes, I think the SEC and ESPN are kind of, you know, on. Now, I'm not going to say bickering, but I don't think they're on the same page at all right now as far as what to do next. Because, honestly, from what you reported, you know, from the first few months, you know, when, when they were going to SEC media days, they were talking about the 3-6, the 1-7, and, you know, came out. They was like, uh, you know, man, look, there's no pressure on that thing because we're expecting to add teams. Yeah. Now, yeah. a few months later, after the Big Ten make their, makes their move, it sounds like the SEC is going to stand packed at 16 for, you know, for a couple of years. Well, everybody's waiting to see what Notre Dame does. And Notre Dame holds all the cards, and Notre Dame has some time. And when when that goes down, things are going to shake out. But look, here's the thing: everybody says all the ESPN has is the SEC. That's kind of like saying, <laughs> I mean, all I have for my steak dinner is a steak and a potato and a salad and an appetizer. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's it's a lot there. And it's Japanese wagyu. But. Yeah, those are massive. Listen, they have massive brands, and they're going to put, they're going to be able to almost every single week, 
put a big-time game at 11, a big-time game in the afternoon, a big-time game at prime time. They're going to be able to do a whole lot. They're still going to have a lot of, of, of other games that they can put in that SEC network slot and ESPN2. They can play a game at 8 o'clock. I mean, they can do a lot with that schedule with Texas and Oklahoma joining the league that already has Alabama and Auburn and Georgia and LSU and Tennessee and Florida and Ole Miss and whoever else is hot that year. There's a lot there, right? There's a lot there. That is that is a tremendous inventory. I mean, you are going but to every even, single even, week. Even, even as tremendous as it, as it is, with, from what everything we've heard with the Big Ten and USC and UCLA, that move has put the Big Ten and Fox ahead of the SEC, even with Texas and Oklahoma, and we all know yeah. that the Big Ten is not done. No, I don't think they're done, but they have to be careful too because they're going to – if they, if, what if they don't add Notre Dame? What if Notre Dame goes, you know what we're going to do? We're going to stay independent. We'll, maybe we'll affiliate with you guys loosely, but we're going to stay independent. We're going to have our own deal. Who does, the big, mm-hmm. who does the Big Ten add after that that's super sexy? I mean, Oregon? Nah. I mean, uh, you know, maybe maybe they go get North Carolina. Maybe they break up the ACC, at which point the SEC goes, well, like Ryan was saying, and I, listen, I've heard that too, that, you know, the SEC goes, we'll just do cultural fits and we'll add NC State and we'll add Virginia Tech to our inventory, even though it doesn't do a whole lot, it doesn't do a whole lot for you, but it just adds more inventory. I, 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 think, I, think, people, I think people are really underestimating just how strong that 16-team league is going to be when Texas and Oklahoma join. And I'm not talking about from a football standpoint, Brian. I'm talking about from a marketing standpoint. Your ability to, at 11 o'clock in the morning, have Texas at Auburn, at 3 o'clock have Alabama at LSU, at 6 o'clock have Ole Miss at, at, at Florida, and then have some 8 o'clock game that is you know Georgia at Oklahoma, that is sexy as hell. You don't need much more than that. Okay, so let me ask you this: Do you do you think that because as because ESPN and Fox they've been playing different games? Like I don't think like what's the UCLA equivalent of you know at like when people like I understand you guys are saying you know they're saying you know you're saying they're a brand and whatnot, but just look at the teams the Big Ten have had you know Rutgers Maryland in the past years. Yeah, I think they're playing a different game than what ESPN is playing, and I think but you know what ESPN but that was market. Yeah. 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 I don't I don't think you understand how many and maybe you do. I'm not trying to talk down to you at all. I don't think you understand how many people Wisconsin and Michigan and Iowa and those kind of teams will take out to Pasadena when they play a road game at UCLA. Uh, UCLA, I mean, remember when LSU went over there and LSU took, I know they lost the game and we got hung up on Orgeron acting like an idiot. The part that we completely threw out was LSU took 35,000 people to that game. And that will happen routinely with the Big Ten. I think I think UCLA, its brand from a football standpoint, changes dramatically the day they walk in. And and all those conferences screwed up. 12 years ago, whoever it was, because they went too heavy on markets and it didn't matter. You, They grabbed Maryland and Rutgers, and you're not getting the New York or the D.C. freaking market because you grabbed those. It was a mistake. I mean, it was like it's like Ryan said earlier about if you could go back, you wouldn't want Mizzou now. You'd want somebody else. And, I mean, I get it's not exactly the same thing for a variety of reasons, but it would kind of be like the SEC going, no, we want North Carolina. It's a big national brand. Yeah, it's sure. a prestigious university. 
that's tied in right there. You know what I mean? Like we can and expand and, and do that. And For me, that's the so you SEC think, equivalent. So you don't think the news of of of, of the of the Big Ten Network going from thirty cents to a dollar fifty in the LA market changes the theory of them adding on Maryland, who get you know gives you the DC market and probably what. Dead bump did for you, and what Rutgers probably did. For but I don't them, think it did back know, then. New York bump for you, but yeah. it didn't give them the bump. Yeah, it back didn't then. because they un- they overestimated what those teams were in those markets. I mean, frankly, so, the, frankly, and I guess I mean, I, and maybe you have an answer to this. I'm legitimately asking: How do we know that was UCLA and not SC? It's the same market. I mean, that's that's true. But my thing is, if that's the case, why add both? Because they wanted the brand, I think to get to get, and they may not could have gotten one. I think without to the get other. one, they had but, to get. But, they had but, to but, have, but, but I mean, but you say the brand, but Oregon is a bigger brand. The kid from Picayune, the four-star running back, he's committed to Oregon, not UCLA. The Isaiah Bravard went to Oregon, not UCLA. Jason Jones from Alabama went to Oregon, not UCLA. Yeah, I'm just. I mean, I'm telling you, the Big Ten, the Big Ten chancellors and presidents wanted UCLA. Do you think the Big Ten ever tries to expand south? Yes. Yes, I think that's I think that's problematic for ESPN because you can't expand north as of right now. Uh, sure you can. Sure you Where? can. Virginia Tech would jump in a second if the SC, if the SEC called Virginia Tech and said, "Hey, we want you to figure it out." They They'd figure it out. They would dump the ACC okay. unceremoniously and do it tomorrow. Okay, and and frankly, say, from a and okay, frankly okay. from a market standpoint. You'd get more of the D.C. market with Virginia Tech than you would Maryland. Okay. Let's let's say the ACC breaks up right now and the SEC can only add two teams. What two teams you know, you can, are you giving them? Um, I, I, Y'all two are the commissioners right now. I'm taking North Carolina and whoever North Carolina wants me to take. Because North, really? North Carolina is the same thing as UCLA in a lot of ways. If, if, if North Carolina goes from hosting Wake Forest and, and Duke to hosting Alabama and Tennessee, it's going to look different at that stadium. It's going to sound different at that stadium. They would fit in. They would quickly become a, a um, kind of a sexy school in the league. So ESPN would be fine with the Big Ten, and, or not the Big Ten, but Fox having a, a foothold in, in you know, Southern – yeah. Territory like Miami. And I don't. I don't think the ESPN. I don't think ESPN. If you're players. ESPN, would you want? If you're sorry, if you're the SEC, if you're Sankey, would you want Virginia or Virginia Tech? Because that's more the argument of what we're making. Virginia yeah. Tech is by far the most interesting sports program. Do you really want Fox to be able to put Ohio State at, at Georgia Tech or Michigan at Miami? I don't think. I don't. I don't think either one of those. Either one of those programs scare the hell out of anybody. And from a from a. I just, I just don't. Especially Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. I mean, the the SEC owns that market. I mean, but I don't, I don't, but I don't see how how we can pump up UCLA when Georgia Tech has more all time wins, is just as academically prestigious, and it has been more relevant over the past years. We're running a triple option. They've been to like multiple New Year's Six Bowls. Yeah, I know they've they're I, down I, now, but I mean, they have a. They have a spread out alumni base. It's not concentrated. You're not getting market. Atlanta, Atlanta citizens are watching SEC, not Georgia Tech. Yeah. Um, I mean, Atlanta is one of our top five markets almost every single month. You've got no, massive. Well, I, I'm, I'm, ta- you, I'm talking about from a Big Ten standpoint. Do you from the Big Ten? You don't think going into Atlanta? Oh, I think the, the I think the Big Ten that would that would perk the Big Ten's ears up more than it would the SEC. Yeah, they can make some money sure. off of it, but I mean, 
you know, Georgia Tech's not. And, 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 if, and if you're in, but if you're ESPN, do you want Fox to be able to make that make that much more money than you by investing? I mean, if I'm the Big Ten and I'm expanding, I go after Virginia. I want Virginia. To answer your question, I don't think the, I don't think ESPN SEC would care. I, 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 again, I, I go back to what I said a minute ago. The adding Oklahoma and Texas to to that brand, which is already the strongest brand, adding Oklahoma and Texas to that brand is is really sexy. The only move that the Big Ten can make that's going to rock the SEC is Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. That's it. Notre Dame. If Notre Dame joins the if Notre Dame joins the Big Ten as a full fledged member, the SEC has mm-hmm. to have a meeting. They have to sit down and go, okay, what do we do? We got it, we got because we have to answer that. But if the Big Ten wants to dilute their product and that's do what they that do. Happens? Uh, you think that happens though? As, I think of, that happens. as of today, I'm I'm like forty sixty that it does. I, I, I tend to lean that it doesn't at least for now. I think I think Notre Dame just doesn't want to do it. But as and, and and so anything other than that, like adding Georgia Tech, adding Miami, adding Florida State, all you're really kind of doing is just diluting your brand. You're you're adding your footprint a little bit, but you're not doing none of those none of those teams change the game the way USC does. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think you add Florida State. Like Florida State does nothing for the SEC. I, you know, Florida State does way more for the Big Twelve. I, I'm just speaking as from. It's more of of ESPN being on the on a defensive front than being on an attacking front. That's I just my, don't you know, think that's I, basically what I'm. You might you know, Fox to just. You might know more than I know, but right now I don't think ESPN's defensive at all. I, I I don't, and I don't think the league. I don't think the SEC is 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 doing anything other than just kind of watching the landscape. I mean, the only team that the SEC right now would just go jump at is if Notre Dame called and said, we want to join, they'd, they'd take them like in an instant. But Notre Dame doesn't want to join the SEC. It's not going to want to join the no. SEC. And as long as Notre Dame's sitting independent, the SEC's in, it's sitting pretty. It's fine. And it's okay. about to make an okay. absolute ton of money. It's going to make so much money. And this is the part that, that everybody's going to have to wait until it happens. When... Mm-hmm. When the SEC starts making the money on its new deal, because it's not making the money right now. It's, it's money's down the road. But when the SEC starts making the money on their new deal, those ACC schools are going to look at it and go, we have to do something. And the urgency. You don't think you don't think ESPN will throw them a little extra to calm down so they can keep that inventory so the Big 12, I mean, so, no. the, so Fox doesn't just. I really don't. don't. Think so? I really don't. You don't think that you don't think they're trying to you don't think they try to appease at the ACC kind of how they're trying to appease the Pac-12 now? Not really. I don't. I mean, I don't. That's, and that's okay, a, it's okay. a fairly educated I'll, opinion. I'll ask you. Well, hold on. What were you saying? And that's a pretty educated opinion. That's not just me talking. Okay. Okay. I, okay. I think. Okay. I think there's. I think. I think. ESPN believes that it has a 16-team league that it can literally just live off of. I just wonder what a nationwide Big Ten conference looks like. I just, I just, I'm, I'm just, like, I'm just curious, and I, and I don't, I don't, I'm not sure ESPN wants to, but I mean, like, hey, you just said, you know, that's educated, so hey, maybe, you know, maybe they're fine with it. So I mean, the SEC, the, the, uh, the parts of look, look, the parts of the country that are college football crazy, the SEC has it. It has Texas. It has Florida. It's got Louisiana and Alabama, and it, it. it and again, it, here's the part that I'm trying to get to that's the bottom line in my eyes. If the SEC decides it needs to expand, it will have no problem expanding. Because when the teams start, when the schools start seeing the money that these 
leagues are going to make, they'll figure it out. And listen, everybody does this thing about the Big Ten wants to add this school and this school and this school and this school. Well, Fox has to be willing to make that much more money. And it's not like the federal. I think, I think Kevin Kevin Warren, with who I think is probably like who I think is a mouthpiece for Fox. You know, he he's you know runs their biggest conference, their moneymaker. He said that you know, like you know, like you said at their media days, you know, hey, they're looking, you know, they're looking to expand and whatnot. I think they're aggressive right now. They are, but at the end of the day, Kevin Warren's not the guy writing what would be a five hundred million dollar a year check. And so he's got to convince Fox that adding Georgia Tech or adding Miami is is truly worth it, and and that's where the, the rubber hits the road a little bit. It's it's one thing to say you're going to do all this stuff. It's like there was all this talk about the SEC adding Arizona State, and the and the, the, the thing about that is ES, ESPN has to sign off on that. ESPN's going to sign off on Texas, on Oklahoma, because duh. But after that, it gets kind of squirrely, and that's why I think. As long as Notre Dame sits there and goes, we're cool with where we are, and Notre Dame's going to make a ton of money off NBC one way or the other, as long as that happens. Yeah, I'm, here seven, I'm here at 75 mil a year right now. Yeah, and so I think, the, I think the SEC will sit tight with ESPN for a little while and, and watch the landscape. And, again, once, once people realize that SEC schools are, say, cutting, everybody's getting 111. I always use Mississippi State as an example. When North Carolina making – 20-something million a year on its TV deal, looks up and sees Mississippi State making $111 million, Arkansas making $111 million. there's going to be meetings there where they go, what are we doing? And that's where I think things are going to move at that point. That's true. I'm going to let you guys watch that first scrimmage, and then I'm going I'm to hit you guys with some you know, some over-unders for the offense and defense. Y'all was pretty good last year, so I'm going to see what y'all hitting on this year. I'm going to get these answers off the air. Uh, does the Is the Pac-12 – and the ACC, are they still around on January 1st, 2028? And I'll hang up, you know, get it off the air. I appreciate the show, man. You guys have a good night. Thanks, Thanks Brian. Bud. Right. January 1st, 2028, Pac-12, Big 12. Yeah. Yeah, in some form. Yeah. Just, the Big 12 is far stronger. That's what I think, too. The Big 12 is three. Yeah, I think the Big 12 is going to be able to add what it, what it needs to add to be a respectable league. Their, their champion will get in. We'll see from there. Their champion will get in. I think when the money starts rolling around, it's going to be a 16-team playoff. Okay, fair. Because there's going to be multiple networks. You'll get four first-round games. Be a ton of cash. Yeah. 4-2, Cubs over Reds, bottom of the eighth. Nils Cubby's making a run toward the playoffs now. <laughs> Build a dreams game. Yeah. So. You know, they're not doing this next year. No, they're not. Because they're doing construction or something out there in Iowa or whatever. And so they're not doing it. They're not doing this game next year. Oh. oh you said ACC. Is ACC existing? No. no. Yeah, I would say 2018. 2028. 2028 is what I meant. I, that's really soon. If you said 2032, I'll say no. Yeah, five, six that years. feels fast. Maybe, yeah. If you told me 2032, I'd say yeah. no. Yeah, I think it's that's a good over-under, but I, yeah. I, I think it's somewhere in that window. Somewhere in there. I think it breaks up. Yeah. It's weak. It feels really weak. Like the Pac-12 could do some things. The Pac-12 could add a San Diego State or a whatever and get back up to 12. It'd be watered, yeah, whatever. Watered down. And if you told me because of their geographics – that an ESPN threw a contract at them to give them some 
Friday night programming, yeah, sure. a late Saturday game, et cetera. Yeah, I, I can see uh, that. But again, I just think that SEC inventory is going to be so strong. You got anything else? I don't think so. I got a little rattle for a second. I guess, I don't know. If, I saw John Smoltz on a death day up there for a second. I, I think it was lost. his father. Yeah, it was. But I yeah. had a little bit of a moment there for a second. But uh, I don't know. I mean, scrimmage on Saturday. We'll see what it looks like. Be in attendance for uh, yeah. that. Very important day for Ole Miss. Open to fans as well. They are saying 1130 on a start time, but that could change. But as of right now, 1130 for a start time could on Saturday. up or back, do you know? I was – Earlier in the morning was the way I interpreted okay. that. Yes, so because eleven thirty is awfully hot. Yeah, I think I think it's eleven thirty now. But if you told me it ends up being nine thirty or ten, I won't be shocked by the time they get going. I'll so. be the only guy kind of keeping an eye on Chelsea Tottenham in the yes. entire stadium. I think that's fair. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's a big game in our house. Just be trying to hydrate and stay cool. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Listen, I'm glad we got the phone thing worked out. Our, uh, our thanks to Ryan Brown. Don't forget, this is brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. If you are in the Oxford, Tupelo area, call the people at, at our Comer, 662-801-1777. Uh, Eric Payne and all the people there will take great care of you. And then it's the same great products, really the same people, same services. If you live in the Hernando area, the Memphis area, call the people at Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, 662-429-4429. Make sure you tell them that you appreciate them making this show possible. We'll be back with you every Thursday night throughout the football season, all the way through the Super Bowl. So um, it's a fun show for us. I'm glad I got the phone thing figured out, we'll, so we'll be good to go. We'll make this, again, the Friday morning podcast i think what we're going to do is make it two podcasts we'll have a podcast that was our show with ryan and then we'll have the call-in show because there's some people out there that don't like the calls and it's just fine so you don't like what you like don't like what you don't you don't like. even have to turn it off if the show just ends. the show will just end so if you don't want to listen to calls rest, it's if you don't want to listen to calls don't and if you do want to listen to calls do free free country pretty simple you don't even have to tell us. No. We'll, we'll never we'll know. See it. We'll see it, but we won't yeah, really no. know. So it's okay. So, uh, again, thanks to Ryan Brown for his time from the next round. Uh, for Chase, I'm Neil. We will be back with you again on Monday morning with another edition of the Oxford Exxon podcast. Until then, have a great night, have a great weekend, and we will talk to you soon. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.